Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where, brace yourselves, winter is coming. Winter has come, and winter it shall continue to be in Lakers land for as long as Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, and Kurt Rambis are at the helm of this once-storied franchise. And that's in spite of the fact that LA just had a 78-degree Christmas day. So no, that is not coal you found in your stocking this weekend from Santa. That is a pile of rock-hard shit from the basketball gods and the bus family, respectively. Because <laughs> just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, the Lakers lost to the worst team in the NBA on Friday against the Charlotte Hornets. I was at the game, by the way, and saw the debauchery in person, but at least I got a cool holiday beanie. And Ooh. then obviously yesterday, Christmas Day... We all saw the Lakers give up 51 points in the third quarter to Luka Doncic and the Mavericks to go down 13-20 on the season. So stocks and stockings down on everything Lakers again this year. Everything's bad. It's just all bad. And yeah. Anyways, I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I am joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. And Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrated it. Happy holidays to those in general. We hope you all allowed yourself some time away from thinking about the Lakers and Lakers basketball for the sake of your mental health, and we hope that you spent that time instead with good food, good community with your friends and family. Tommy, season's greetings. Hi. Uh, did you guys do anything fun for Christmas? Does your family have any Christmas traditions that you guys like to partake in? Like, do you guys like to go Christmas caroling in the South Bay on the boardwalk, proclaiming <laughs> that Jesus Christ is Lord? We 
Do not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Well, you should try it because that's what me and my family did. We Christmas caroled on the Redondo Beach Pier proclaiming that Genie Bus needs to sell the team. <laughs> so in this episode, we are not going to be talking about the Christmas Day game against Luka Doncic. We are not going to be talking about Anthony Davis's injury yet. We're going to add insult to literal injury and talk about the what-if scenario of what trading Anthony Davis could look like if this organization actually went that direction. Or if Anthony Davis gets so annoyed with this franchise that he actually asks for a trade himself. Because let's be real. AD playing on a bum foot to start this season, surrounded by a bunch of hobbits, was absolute malpractice by the front office. If I'm Anthony Davis, I'd heavily consider asking out if the front office continues to be this non-committal to not only the legacy of his career, but his health as well. And then I guess to be fair, obviously from the front office's end, can they rely on a chronically banged up Anthony Davis who can't be relied upon to play more than 50 games a season? Obviously, it's a tricky chicken and egg argument of whether it's Anthony Davis's body's fault and his physical makeup that make him this injury prone, or whether it's the franchise's fault for putting such an insane load on him to start this season with very little help around him and very little size around him. And then you can also point to the franchise's shoddy medical staff record in the last few years. As is the case with most things, it's probably a combination of both. But all that to say... This could all be leading to the inevitable fork-in-the-road question of whether it's time to trade Anthony Davis, whether that's coming from Clutch's end, Anthony Davis's end, or the franchise's end. So that's what we'll be talking about today. It's not a topic that we want to talk about, and the following segment is actually a pre-recorded segment that Tommy and I did prior to Anthony Davis's injury. We just wanted to have it queued up for this Christmas into New Year break because to be honest, we wanted a holiday away from this team as well. So this is us doing that while also making sure to pump out some content for you guys in between your winter break plans as you all prepare for the new year, hoping that the Lakers' fortunes change in some capacity. So yeah, just keep in mind as you listen to this episode that our conversation happened prior to AD's injury, although it honestly shouldn't change the conversation that much because AD being out with an injury, unfortunately, isn't exactly breaking news. What AD's injury may change, however, is just how much teams would be willing to part with when it comes to trying to trade for Anthony Davis, given another injury-riddled season, and whether a trade this season or even this summer would make sense for the Lakers and for opposing teams. Regardless, we will talk about what trading Anthony Davis looks like today, and we will have more of our updated thoughts on AD's injury and the repercussions of that injury on the outlook of this season and this team in the new year when we all regroup. Also, at the turn of our first break, I will have a relevant AD injury update and also some quick pointed words aimed at the front office, so stay tuned for that. But for now, let's bring Tommy back in and let's talk trading Anthony Davis. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so this is obviously not the happiest of topics, but Tommy, let's potentially talk about trading Anthony Davis. And I do want to caveat this by saying we do not want to trade Anthony Davis, unless you do, Tommy. I do not. Okay, you do not. Good. Uh, So we are just exploring the nuclear worst case scenario. And honestly, it actually also remains to be seen just how valuable an essentially expiring Anthony Davis is to other teams since 
he has a player option in 2024-25 that he can take and just walk. So any team that trades for him, and you read about this in Chris Haynes' article a couple weeks ago, any team that trades for him would likely want to hear that he's open to signing an extension with them. So that kind of causes problems when it comes to whether teams would be as happy to give up as many assets to get Anthony Davis. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to hypothetically assume that all the teams I mentioned are willing to do this trade for Anthony Davis. Some people are going to listen to this and be like, here are these unrealistic Lakers fans again, pie in the sky, coming up with these crazy deals. They would never do that. Let's just assume they will, okay, because this is an exercise and we're talking about templates of players and types of returns we may have in mind in these early stages of even just feeling out the discussion and topic of trading Anthony Davis. Um, Before I start, Tommy, do you have any Anthony Davis trade in mind before I throw out some of my options? The only one that, and you, I don't know if this is going to overlap with yours, but the one that I'm sort of thinking of, because right where this is maybe under the assumption that this trade is happening either this season or this off season. Um, and I think AD via clutch is going to exert like very strong control over where he goes. So I think the one potential target that is maybe obvious to everybody is the Chicago Bulls. And mm-hmm. so I could see a trade with maybe, and and again, this is assuming, given this timeline, that we're actually keeping LeBron. So I could see something like DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams as like a starting point with some picks. Mm. So that kind of overlaps with one, but instead of DeMar DeRozan, I have Levine and Dasunmu mm. and a couple picks. Gotcha. Also because, you know, Levine played at UCLA, like adored Kobe, and I feel like he would be DeRozan would be too, but I feel like Levine was like meant to be a Laker in some senses. I've always envisioned him as a Laker. And during that Julius Randle year, I was like, can we just draft Levine, you know? Um, But yeah, so that's what that'll overlap and that'll come up in some of my options. But I guess uh, from a macro level, do you, if we did trade Anthony Davis, what direction would you go? Would you just blow it up or would you try and actually work around the edges with LeBron James for like a final year or so? To me, it depends with what LeBron's long-term plan is. If he commits to just being like, you know, I like basically, oh, I don't know, I said I wanted to play with Bronny, but actually I'm cool just like retiring here. Or, you know, second option, we actually just get Bronny to appease him and keep him around here. We know he's going to stay. I mean, look, LeBron eventually is going to fall off. He, he's not the same player now that he was even three years ago. Um I don't know if he's ever going to fall off a cliff cliff, but he's not the same player. Um, so the question is, how much do you cater to that? But he's still going to be good. And if you feel like he's still good and AD just wants out, then I would maybe go for more like win now type moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure where I stand on it right now, but I feel like if we trade AD, I think I would like to go the young route. So yeah. um, with that said, let's get started because I have sort of two categories. I have like the young recent lotto picks plus draft picks compensation or more established talent that can just help you rejigger on the fly. So um, first one, AD to the Hawks for Onyeka Okongwu from USC, John Collins and like a couple firsts. What are your thoughts on that? I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Those are my thoughts. I mean, look, a lot of these, you're going to, it's going to feel like selling low because you're giving up Anthony Davis, right? But I'm kind of just using one, the Anthony Davis trade as a sort of benchmark and understanding that 
most teams are not going to pay up that much. Although I guess you could say, well, look at the Minnesota Timberwolves. But regardless, yeah, that's one deal that I thought of. And the primary piece here would be Onyeka Okongwu, obviously, to have a sort of big man piece of the future, get a couple future draft picks. And then in the meantime, if you want to sort of stay middlingly competitive, there's John Collins. I believe he's only like 25, 26 still. Um, Moving on to... AD to the Knicks, and you could definitely see this happening, for essentially the package that they may have given the Utah Jazz for Donovan Mitchell. So Emmanuel quickly, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, couple firsts. Your thoughts on that one? Um... <laughs> Couldn't you see that happening, though, the Knicks doing that? I, mean... I could see the Knicks selling the farm for somebody like AD um, and taking that kind of chance. I don't hate that trade. I think you get like some decent depth and young upside players. And frankly, their picks are probably going to be pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah. And you get, you get players at all three different positions, right? You get Emmanuel quickly at the guard spot, Grimes at the guard slash wing spot, Toppin at the three, four spot, um, and a couple firsts as well. So yeah, I actually am not too mad at a deal like that. If it were to happen, although I don't want to trade Anthony Davis again. Okay. Next one. AD to Charlotte for James Boognight, or whatever his name is. I think he was like the former number eighth pick last year. Jalen McDaniels, Mark Williams, their draft pick from this past season, and a couple firsts. Um, is Boognight, what, what, what's Boognight like? He's not doing anything right now, but you have pretty much have to go off of his college tape because they just haven't had a slot in the rotation for him. So it's you're, you're like just banking on his upside and what you saw from his college seasons, I guess. But Jalen McDaniels actually is a very interesting prospect to me because he's sort of, he's pretty much like his brother, Jaden McDaniels. And if you're looking for like that new age, Robert Covington of the future, I feel like he could be that. And then depending on what your thoughts are of Mark Williams, that dude from Duke, who's insanely long, maybe you could have this, the startings of something there. And then you get a couple future firsts as well. So. I guess, like, for me, it, with an AD trade, I sort of take the criteria of what, you know, I think we we can afford to be, like, how Utah was with Donovan Mitchell, which is basically, like, we want a guy who has some... I'm not saying he has to be a star, an established star, whatever. Mm-hmm. He has to have some sort of star upside potential. So I want a guy who's, like, a wing guard, even a big, who is a high lottery pick and has showed some signs. And by the some signs, I'm like, I'm even ha- like fine with like the RJ Barrett level of showing signs. Like it doesn't need to be <laughs> like this dude is clearly on an all-star trajectory, just like he's shown some signs. And and for me, none of those guys really, really move that needle. That's fair. And guess what? Perfect transition because I got some of those guys you've been talking about coming up with regards to at least they've shown a little bit something, something. Uh, on the lower end of that spectrum, we've got AD to the Pistons. For Sadiq Bey, I believe he averaged like 18 points last year. He's averaging 17 points this year. Sadiq Bey, Jalen Duran, the center that they drafted this year. Couple firsts, maybe we can get them to throw in Jaden Ivey, who's looked pretty good as a rookie this year as well. I believe he's averaging like 15 points, five rebounds, four assists or whatever. The next, you know, John Morant or whatever. But what are your thoughts on that package? That package I like because of, of Ivey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and Sadiq Bey has some potential as this. He's not terribly efficient, but he can shoot threes and sort of a lanky wing as well. And then Jalen Duran, who knows what type of big man he could become, but he's hella athletic and can block shots and stuff. So it's an interesting one. Here's a better one. 
AD to Orlando for Franz Wagner. What? Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, just to make the salaries match in a couple firsts. But really, Franz Wagner is the prize here. I actually don't know if Orlando... I mean, I guess they have Bancaro. I don't know if they would, but yeah, yeah, hypothetically, in this exercise, they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I like... I really like uh, Franz Wagner, and I think he could be, like, a really, really... He's going to be a really, really nice player. I mean, everyone has seen how Markinen has sort of, like, emerged for the Jazz, and I feel like Franz Wagner is a a pretty similar player to Markinen, actually. They can give us back Mo Wagner, too, and throw him in the deal if they want, so whatever. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I definitely like the... Huh? Moritz. Moritz Wagner. Yeah, I agree. I don't think the Magic would do it, but honestly, if they want to get back on the competitive track, they all already have Paolo balling out. They got Jalen Suggs. You just add Anthony Davis to that mix? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Um, next one. AD to the Grizzlies for Desmond Bain. I'm just kidding. I don't think they'd do that, but let's say I'd revise it a little bit. AD to the Grizzlies for Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, Zaire Williams, and a couple firsts. You can add Desmond Bain in there, flip him out instead of Jaron Jackson, but again, I don't think the Grizzlies would do that. If they did, I would 100% do it, but let's say it's Jaron Jackson Jr. instead. And I do think the Grizzlies would do something like this to take advantage of John Morant and Desmond Bain's play. I think the... I do think, yeah, I think they would do it. I just don't know that... I like Jaron Jackson Jr. as a prospect. You know, he's 23 years old. He's already made some big leaps. He was a top four pick. I'm just concerned about his health. It feels like he gets banged up. You know, like, I mean, last year he was pretty healthy. But the year before, he missed, like, the entire season. Uh, Did he get injured in the playoffs last year? Um, I think so. Yeah, and his first couple years, I think he had missed some games with, uh, with injuries. But... He is a nice player. He's He plays defense. The thing for me that's going to be key is can he hit the three consistently? Because his second year, he looked like he was going to be, like, a big-time stretch forward, like, you know, in the exact mold of what you want your power forward to do. Like, if they're 6'11", like, maybe they can play some small ball five, you know, but good length can deflect uh, passes and shots and... He was hitting 39% from three on two and a half makes as a sec as a sophomore. That has significantly regressed the last two yeah. seasons. You know, the year he got injured, he it was a small sample, but he only shot 28%. Last year was a very big sample. He only shot 32%. So I like Jaron Jackson as a prospect. I, I think he's super athletic, and for that reason, I, I, I definitely consider it. But those picks you're getting in, in a Memphis trade are not going to be very good. And yeah. And and uh, Jaron Jackson may have a capped upside with with an in a, in a, if he's not able to shoot. Yeah, that's a fair point. In some senses, he's shaping out to be like new age version of Miles Turner. He like blocks a lot of shots. He averaged like two point three blocks last year. He can space the floor somewhat, but not efficiently and at the volume you'd like outside of that one 2019-20 season where he hit two two point five. But yeah, it's it's tricky. But I think you know push comes to shove, I would consider that deal, though, if the Grizzlies wanted AD. Um, but yeah, the picks thing is a good point about them probably not having the top five lotto picks that we'd essentially want. Um, let's take it to break here first, and when we return, I have the end list of the these options that feature a little bit more established talent as well, so we will catch you guys after the turn. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so we are back. And before we get to the tail end of my AD trade options list, if you guys so happen to still be in the giving spirit of the holidays, if we could ask you guys to please visit our Spotify page on the Spotify app, give us a five-star thumb tap at the top. We would greatly appreciate it. Obviously, if you haven't given us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app, please do so. Congratulate Tommy on being a new father with his newborn son, Miles Kenji Alexander. And yeah, we appreciate you guys' support. All right, so before we jump back into the end of these AD trade packages involving more established players, I just wanted to give a quick update on AD's injury and give some quick words towards the front office. So last week, and this is more time relevant to what's currently going on in Lakers Nation at the moment, last week we found out that Anthony Davis is dealing with a stress injury, not a stress fracture, and that he will be sidelined indefinitely. And while him being sidelined indefinitely is still pretty ominous, because this could go either way at this point, Kendrick Nunn had a stress injury that turned into a fracture last season, and he ended up missing the whole year, and the Lakers were taking things pretty much week by week, month by month. While all of that sounds ominous still, if you're looking for the silver linings in things, then we can at least take solace in the fact that, one, the pain in Anthony Davis's foot has subsided, Two, it seems like right now it's not a stress fracture in his foot, although it could become a stress fracture if his, if this stress injury continues to wear and tear on his body and he doesn't see any continued signs of improvement, because a foot stress fracture is is essentially the same injury that Jaron Jackson Jr. had when he had to have surgery on it um, last season, and he was out for four to six months. Uh, Number three, Anthony Davis hasn't been in a boot, and it looks like the Lakers will continue to evaluate him closely week by week, and it sounds like they are encouraged that a procedure can be avoided. So all of that is promising, but set against the backdrop of this incompetent front office and them potentially using, not potentially, they are using Anthony Davis's injury as the perfect excuse to continue kicking the can down the trade road. So given that backdrop, I'm not sure how promising anything really is in Lakers land, unfortunately. And honestly, now, as evidenced by the athletic article that Jovan Buha just put out, we are unfortunately in a situation where, regardless of what you feel about the front office, if 80s injury turns out to be more serious than what they've described, then yeah, it, it makes little sense to trade one or both of their first at this point to try and upgrade the roster for this year. So it looks like the front office will be quote-unquote right in their decision to stand pat now. But they're not right for the reasons that they think. Because in order for them to have gotten to this stage of being right, they had to have gone through a whole summer and preseason of being oh-so-wrong in how they approached the entire start to this year. Essentially, the front office's non-committal stance to building out a more balanced and competent roster around Anthony Davis and LeBron James this offseason was a self-prophesying bad omen on the rest of the year. So the front office isn't right about anything. But at this stage, given the realities of AD's situation and the realities of this spiraling 
Lakers season at 13 and 20, we may all, fans and front office alike, end up meeting each other in the middle unintentionally when it comes to our visions for this team for the rest of this season. Because even if Anthony Davis can manage the pain in his foot and return, the question then is, should he? Should he risk that for a front office that didn't bother to risk things for him and LeBron James at the start of this season to build a team with more of an identity and more continuity? Because if Anthony Davis comes back and trades are made for reinforcements, yada yada, how effective will it be to have an Anthony Davis who's trying to manage his injury while also trying to reacclimate himself to new teammates and the rest of the team trying to reacclimate themselves to Anthony Davis and Unless the front office plans on making a trade to set themselves up for 2023 and beyond, and unless they're ready to scrap their 2023 quote-unquote cap space plans beyond getting a Zach Levine-type cornerstone piece this trade deadline, then trading a first or both of their first for a lost season doesn't make much sense. And that's exactly what the front office has started telling the public. And again, they'll be right at this stage of the season. But let's be clear, they were the primary reason why this season was lost, even before Anthony Davis went down. At most, I think the front office will probably make some smaller ancillary trade involving some seconds um, in order to take a flyer on a young forward like, of course, Cam Reddish or even an O'Shea Brissett. And then maybe they can start using the second half of this season to trial out some intriguing prospects for next season without having to give up any of their firsts. But yeah, obviously, because of the ambiguity surrounding AD's injury, this could go a number of different ways, and it's all unfortunate and less than ideal no matter which way you go. But yeah, I will have a more in-depth discussion with Tommy on this and the overall outlook of this team in the new year. But yeah, for now, let's get on with the main topic of this episode and get to my final options for Anthony Davis trade packages. Here is the final uh, four or five options, Tommy, with more established talent plus some, you know, draft upside plus some compensation as well. So starting with Anthony Davis to the Golden State Warriors. What? Not for Klay Thompson, though, but for Jordan Poole. Bully. Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga. Moses Moody. Moody. <laughs> and a couple firsts. What are your thoughts about that one? Because I do think this is one trade that the Warriors would actually also entertain because you got Curry, team him up with AD, Draymond, Clay, it's overs. The Warriors might actually, I, the Warriors are a team that might actually. If things continue the way it's started for them sort of this season, like they might trade some of their youth to get win now type players. I mean, I know they've been trying to do this like moral superiority thing of like, you know, we're doing things the right way. Look at now we're bridging the gap between the, you know, veterans and the youth. And that worked and they had a magical run last last year, but it doesn't seem like it's working this year. And sometimes, like, we've seen with our own championship team, right? Like, sometimes things work one year and they just don't after that. Um, mm-hmm. So AD would invigorate that team. He would give them great inside depth and in, in, interior defensive presence. They're already, you know, have the upside to be an elite defensive team, as they have been in years past, and AD would catapult that. I like the idea of getting a bunch of lottery picks and sort of swinging for the fences and, and just you know, kind of praying that one of them kind of pans out. And plus you get Poole, who is pretty established and and has, you know, maybe maybe could even 
you know, kind of find himself in a hardened to the Houston Rockets situation where once he got out of OKC, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of already knew he was a good player, but he even took it to a level that nobody really expected. I like that comparison. That's a good point. I would totally do it too, because you get the best of all three worlds, it feels like, even though maybe the first you get from the Warriors won't necessarily be lotto picks, although if they're far enough out, you know, you'd imagine Curry's probably gone at that point. But yeah, would totally do something like that. In a similar vein, here's another one. AD to the Heat for Tyler Hero, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Yurt Seven, that skilled center that they have in a couple firsts. Um, you don't necessarily get the breadth of draft pick talent like with Kaminga and Moody with the Warriors package but you do get someone in Tyler Hero maybe some upside swings on lower end players like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent but you also get the first round picks which I think should be better than the Warriors first round picks but your thoughts on the Tyler Hero package um I, I personally do not like Tyler Hero as a prospect <laughs> <laughs> so he's I'm just like white pretty, Jordan Poole bro I'm pretty low on that on that one Okay, that's fair. I don't like it as as, uh, much as the Warriors package as well. And the surrounding talent also isn't, as I mentioned, as good as Kuminga and Moody. So, yeah. Um, Similar sort of vein. um, AD to Portland for Anthony Simons. And it should be noted that he's he's on a new $100 million deal that he inked. But AD to Portland for Anthony Simons. Shaden Sharp, their number seventh overall pick from this last draft. He looks really good, in my opinion. He's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, athletic as hell, dude. He kind of has that Levine-like bounce. Um, to me, he'd actually be the prize of this. So, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, number seventh pick. Josh Hart, maybe Nasir Little, since he's still on his rookie scale. Maybe you can get him to throw in Jabari, Par- Jabari Parker. I always do this. Jabari Walker, <laughs> and then a couple future first. So, what do you think about that? I like that trade. I mean, Simons, I think, is amazing. Um, but Shade and Sharp, I think, has a lot of upside, too. Yeah, I agree. I would do it for Shade and Sharp. Okay, my last two are my most established players that I feel like if the Lakers swung, if they still have LeBron James kicking, they may actually be able to make some noise. So I'll start off with AD to Toronto for OG Ananobi. Precious Ochoa and a couple picks. And I'm sure they can throw in another extra 6-8 plus guy or two if they wanted to as well. But really, it's for OG Ananubi, who's 25 years old. It seems like he's been wanting to get out of Toronto to spread his wings a little bit. But yeah, he's kind of one of those up-and-coming 3 and D wings. He's like shooting 40% from three this year, hitting two a game. 47% from the field, 3.1 steals at the time of this recording, that is. But yeah. Uh, OJ Ananobi is really good. What are your thoughts? Ananobi is really good. I just wonder at this, you know, he is a little bit older. Um, you say he's 25, right? Mm-hmm. How much more upside does he like really have? You know what I mean? So it's like, we know he's going to be solid defensively. We know he could hit the three. How many points is he scoring per game? Like 17. I will say though that he's, for me, it kind of feels like he's hiding behind the shadows of all the other six, nine guys that they have, like Pascal Siakam. Um, but, but you may have a point. Yeah. Yeah. But you would do this trade or you, you're not as you're you have, you have questions about OG is what you're trying to get at. I have questions, but I, 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 maybe I would do it. Yeah. The age factor is, yeah, he's already 25, six foot seven with a seven foot two wingspan though. I guess if you're trying to win now, it's a move that 
kind of makes sense or trying to build on the fly to win now, I guess. Okay, my last one and sort of in a similar vein as OG Ananobi, and this is actually with a prospect who's a year older, so he's 26, but what do you think about AD to Boston for Jalen Brown and picks? So this is essentially the Boston package for Kevin Durant that they didn't end up pulling, but let's say for some reason they want to pull it for Anthony Davis. What are your thoughts on Jalen Brown coming to the Lakers? Um, the thing that concerns me a little bit is the Kyrie stuff. Because um, Jalen Brown is like one of these Kanye West guys. Um, oh, yes. But fair. I, so I'm a little bit concerned about that. But other in a vacuum, yes, of, of course, Jalen Brown, I think, is a phenomenal player. And I would I would gladly take him. Yeah, and he was like a Kobe disciple. I think he was a Lakers fan too. So it, it he's one of those players kind of like Zach Levine where it's like he was meant to be a Laker potentially. And I think he wants to also kind of get himself out from under the Jason Tatum shadow, right? So him sort of being able to helm the Lakers franchise and take it to the next the next era, with or without LeBron, I think is something that he'd be open to as well. So that pretty much does it for all my hypothetical AD trades. I think I would have added your favorite prospect, um, Shea Gilgis, in here if OKC was actually thinking about competing anytime soon, but they just don't have the infrastructure and roster um, to trade for a guy like Anthony Davis right now. Maybe if they had a clone of Shea Gilgis Alexander and they gave us the Shea Gilgis too, and then brought in Anthony Davis to pair with a Shea Gilgis one, that would make more sense. But, but yeah, you would do AD for Shea, right? Uh, in yeah. a hypothetical package. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, Tommy. Any from this exercise, did you learn anything new? Do you still are you still on the the camp of not trading AD, or have has your have your horizons expanded a little bit more? Um, my horizons have expanded a little bit, but I, oh. I don't know. I, I think that like you have to, you have to keep AD if you can and, and maybe try to build a better roster around him first. Yeah, I agree. Let's make sure AD stays a Laker for life. But if he doesn't, and this Lakers off front office continues to be stupid, well, they can just listen to this podcast and hopefully swing some of these deals and we can start building for the future. So with that said, we will catch you guys next time. And again, this was just an exercise. Don't th- take anything we say seriously. Don't think we're delusional. We're just trying to go through the exercise. With that said, Tommy, I will catch you later. Peace. See ya. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.